0: it's 2 a.m. welcome back to the 2 a.m. book review club where we stay up late talking about books or talk about books that made us stay up late this week, we are continuing our mini-series on books that I know have been popular this year, Hot Books, hence the title, Hot Books Summer. So last week, we talked about Emily Wilde's Encyclopedia of Fairies, which I did find to be worth the hype. I had a really great time reading it. This week we are talking about romantic comedy by Curtis Sittenfeld and I am actually really happy that I am doing this miniseries because I have had a lot of thoughts on this book since finishing it and I'm really excited that I finally have a place to talk about it. So, romantic comedy, like Emily Wilde's Encyclopedia of Fairies, is a 2023 release, and as the title suggests, it is indeed a romantic comedy featuring a writer who writes for Totally Not SNL and an incredibly hot male pop star who... I get the feeling is supposed to be Harry Styles. He's got the luscious hair, he's got the tattoos, and also, most importantly, he is best known for a cheesy pop ode to girls who are beautiful but don't know it. You don't know you're beautiful, anyone? Baby, you light up my world, but unfortunately, this book did not. Before I go any further, I should give my usual spoiler alert, my usual spoiler warning. I will be spoiling this book this week. Last week I took some pains not to spoil it, but this week we are getting into spoilers. So, I feel like I should definitely warn anyone who is interested in reading it. Spoilers ahead for sure for romantic comedy. So, spoiler alert, spoiler warning, you have been warned. So, romantic comedy falls within one of my favorite romance subgenres, which is celebrity romances. And more specifically, romances that are between a normal person and a hot celebrity. I have read a lot of these books in the past. It's one of those tropes that I am very weak to. If I pick up a book and it has that trope, I am most likely going to want to read it. And beyond just the premise, I do really love all of the tropes that are associated with this type of romance. You know, The celebrity angsting over not wanting to expose the normal person to fame and the consequences of fame. The normal person angsting over how this really hot, really famous person could possibly be interested in them. A completely normal, totally not hot person when this celebrity could be with anyone. You know all of that drama that tension that angst i i really do love all of it especially especially the drama i mean come on you read celebrity romances because you love drama so when this book romantic comedy first came across my radar, I immediately fell in love with the premise because it sounded exactly like the kind of book that I enjoy reading. Essentially, in romantic comedy, we have our main female character who is named Sally. As I've already mentioned, she's a writer for a show that's SNL, but for what I have to assume are legal reasons, they don't call it SNL in the book. And at the beginning of the book, Romantic Comedy, Sally is feeling annoyed because many of the male writers for the show have been getting with beautiful female celebrities, but she has never observed the opposite situation happening where female show writers have gotten together with hot male celebrities. So basically the vibe of the book is, why is there no female version of Pete Davidson and why can't it be me? And I mean, fair enough, I guess. I honestly can't really think of the last time I saw a male celebrity getting with a less conventionally attractive woman But you definitely do see the opposite situation from time to time. Anyway, so that is what is going on with Sally. She is kind of upset over this. Then one day, Noah, the pop sensation, comes onto the show and Sally takes the opportunity to pitch this sketch about how it's crazy that Totally Not Pete Davidson was able to get together with Totally Not Ariana Grande and how it would never happen the other way around. As you would expect, Sally is kind of dismissive of Noah at first. She sees him as this gorgeous musician who makes generic pop music. But over the course of the week that Noah spends on the show, he and Sally form a connection, of course, and from there, the romance unfolds. So, I do think that this is a really, really good premise, really promising for, you know, what it's trying to be for a romantic comedy, and I do think that the first part of this book does live up to the expectations that i had going in so i would definitely say the first half of this book is really good and it does live up to the hype i found all of the snl behind the scenes stuff to be really interesting even though i've never watched snl and i guess i never thought about how much work has to go into producing a show like that every single week There's a lot of discussion about how quickly things move and how many hours they have to put into syncing up sketches and writing sketches and deciding which sketches will actually air. One part I really loved was where Sally is talking about how the writers will stay up all night because it allegedly gives them more time and makes them more productive, but actually it doesn't. And I was just like, that is so relatable. I have definitely done that way too many times. I have absolutely stayed up all night because I have a deadline, even though I would actually have been more productive if I had just gotten some sleep and woken up early to get my work done. So All of the SNL stuff is really interesting and you can definitely tell that the author did her research. The romance is also really good in the first half. We've got a nice slow burn going on where Noah and Sally are gradually connecting and Sally is gradually overcoming her preconceptions of who Noah is. And it's just, it's just really cute i was completely on board with how the book was going but then they have this confrontation sally hurts noah's feelings that's when the first part of the book ends and then there is like a time skip of about two years i think now i do love a good time skip in my romances It is one of my favorite narrative structures in romance where the characters meet up again a year five years ten years down the line and then they reconnect and try to navigate fixing the problems that they had the first time around so it's probably not a surprise that second chance romances have pretty much always been my favorite type of romance but my problem with the time skip in romantic comedy is what happens after the time skip. I don't have a problem with it structurally. As I said, I love it structurally, but I just don't think that the author takes full advantage of it and here's why. So after the time skip, it's 2020 and we're in quarantine and that in and of itself is fine with me I mean, it's not my favorite thing to read about because the memories of it are still just so fresh, but I don't hate it when it shows up in my fiction. I'm not like some people who will go out of their way to avoid it, and I completely understand those people, but for me, it's not something I actively avoid. I'm fine with it if it shows up. However... However, and this is a big however, if you are going to bring the pandemic into my escapist fiction, then you need to not only do it well, but you also need to have a very good reason for bringing it into the story. Maybe you have something interesting to say about the pandemic. Maybe the situation adds something really unique to your narrative structure. Maybe you're able to provide an interesting perspective. I don't know, but there has to be something. The problem with romantic comedy is that the pandemic gets dragged into the book purely as a plot device. And that's one situation where I just. Don't enjoy reading about it. The pandemic exists, therefore, Sally emails Noah out of the blue. Or maybe Noah emails Sally out of the blue? I honestly don't remember. And I think that's a real testament to just how strange I found this plot point because it seems to just happen out of nowhere. It just seems kind of strange to me that. Either of these characters would choose to do this given that we have no idea what motivated the initial email and even less idea about what motivated the other person to send a response anyway so they get to know each other again via email there are apologies all around by the way i don't really like that noah is the one to apologize first even though sally is clearly in the wrong but you know it's fine whatever etc etc and then a couple of weeks or maybe months into this constant emailing sally decides to drive cross country to hook up with Noah. Cross country to hook up with a guy that she knew for a single week a couple of years ago in the middle of a pandemic that these two people are allegedly taking very seriously. And I am all about the grand gestures in romance. But first off, I barely left my house for almost two years because of the pandemic. And I resent the idea that it is okay for anyone to have been taking cross-country road trips during that time period just because they felt like it, let alone for a hookup? I mean, come on. But more importantly, I think that Sally's decision to do this encapsulates one of my biggest issues with this entire book. My biggest issue with this book, Romantic Comedy, is that it has a tone problem. A very, very serious tone problem. This book is called Romantic Comedy. It is trying to be a romantic comedy. It is lighthearted and silly and that's fine. We have these silly sketches, we've got Sally driving across the country for a hookup, it's a fun time. But then, on the flip side, this book is also trying to be somewhat serious as well, including All this stuff about how it is important to take the pandemic seriously. Let me illustrate the problem for you, okay? In the email exchange section of the book, one of them talks about how when they had someone come over to their house, they had this person get tested beforehand and quarantine for two weeks after they arrived, etc, etc. But then, when Sally drives all the way across the country to see Noah... They don't bother with any of that. She doesn't get tested before she leaves. She gets to Noah's house and they're immediately taking their masks off and kissing. And I'm just over here like, did you or did you not say that you are taking this seriously? Because Sally drives across the country. She stays at a hotel. She obviously has to interact with people to some extent during this road trip. And most of all, I I, I have to point this out. Making a cross-country road trip during a pandemic for a celebrity hookup is proof, proof, okay, that you are not taking anything seriously. I don't care if it's your favorite celebrity. I don't care if it's Harry Styles it is still blatant hypocrisy. And the thing is, it's not like the pandemic was essential to this story. You could easily have come up with other circumstances under which both of them are currently unemployed or just taking a break or something, and none of this would have been an issue. But beyond that, if you want to have a book with a very serious backdrop of a pandemic, where people are dying, and you also want to talk about social issues, then you cannot also have the premise of the book be a well-off white woman getting upset that male celebrities don't want to date her. Because that is not an actual issue that actual people worry about or care about. It is a great issue for a quirky rom-com protagonist in a fluffy book that you are not meant to take too seriously. But the problem is that this book, Romantic Comedy, doesn't know what it wants to be. It wants to be taken seriously. Hence the enormous push to have it marketed as literary fiction when it is very clearly not that. But at the same time, the narrative itself is undermining any ability for me to take it seriously. If you want me to take a book about the pandemic seriously, don't have one of the characters do something completely irresponsible. If you want me to take a book about characters who care about social issues seriously, then don't have one of the characters continually obsessing over a phenomenon that is completely trivial and completely irrelevant to anyone in the real world. Chris Pine or Leo DiCaprio or whoever your favorite male celebrity is, dating an SNL writer would have absolutely no effect on any issues, much less the state of modern feminism, and you cannot convince me otherwise. But, At the same time, I do have to be honest here, I have read romance books with much worse issues than weird tonal dissonance and you don't see me complaining about them because I still enjoyed them. Do you want to know the real reason that I did not love this book? Do you want to know what actually ruined my reading experience? Here we go. Here is what I absolutely hated about this book. So Sally gets to Noah's house. They're super excited. They hook up, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then basically nothing happens. Nothing happens for the rest of the book. Remember how I said earlier that the reason I love celebrity romances is because there is drama and tension and angst, Yeah, in the second half of this book, as soon as Sally and Noah are reunited, there is basically none of that. Their communication isn't perfect. But in general, it's all just very mature and calm and reasonable and boring. Sally doesn't want to leave. Noah doesn't want her to leave. So she doesn't leave. They settle into a comfortable lifestyle. They get along great. And basically the only drama is that Sally is like me living a luxurious lifestyle with a hot pop star I'm falling in love with. Why would I want to do that? And I'm just over here like, do you know, do you know how absolutely tone deaf it is that the pandemic is the backdrop for this stupid, Privileged dilemma that is supposed to be the climax of the entire book. And there isn't even an interesting resolution because this is a romance. And of course, they get back together, the end. Given how much I enjoyed the first half and all of the emotional drama going on in that first half. I just didn't feel like the second half had the emotional payoff I was looking for. The resolution to all of that emotional tension and paining that had been building up is over with the email exchange section. And then after that, they're basically on a very smooth road to their happy ever after. And I just want to say, if you're going to take away the drama that I look for in celebrity romances... If you want the characters to just be happy, then at the very least, what you could do is you could give me swooning, romantic, heart-stopping cuteness. But the narrative chooses to mostly skim over all of the time they spend together. It's like, and then a few more weeks passed and they were very happy and Sally didn't wanna leave. And I'm just like, that's great for her, but it would be even more great if I had some concrete idea of why being with Noah is so amazing that she doesn't want to leave. But no, the most we get is stupid stuff like Sally angsting over whether or not to use Noah's bathroom. Yes, this is a significant portion of the book, whether or not to use Noah's bathroom, or Sally making phone calls to her friends like, I don't want to leave, and her friends like, okay, then don't leave, because her friends have actual problems. Oh, and Noah and Sally fight over Noah giving Sally an office so that she can work on her screenplay, and that's pretty much it. Honestly, it is the most low-stakes, low-drama, celebrity romance I have ever read. Maybe the most low-stakes, low-drama romance I've ever read. And that just isn't what I was looking for. For a book with such a unique premise, the second half makes the entire story so forgettable and honestly, that makes me kind of sad. I went into this book looking for a really well-written, really emotional, really memorable celebrity romance, maybe with some compelling discussions of being a celebrity and fame and dealing with fame and all that good stuff. And especially given that this is marketed as literary fiction, I was expecting a lot more introspection, a lot more of a look into these characters internal lives and that's just not what i got and if this kind of low-stakes story is what i was going to get then i definitely needed it to be a lot more fluffy a lot more sweet and i absolutely needed the weird tonal dissonance to be gone Overall, I was left feeling like the author had a really great premise and a really great first act, but then after that, she didn't really know where to go with the story, so she was like, okay, let's throw the pandemic in there and see where it goes. And I think the third act breakup in particular is the embodiment of how pointless the second half of the story is because the breakup is honestly just so trivial and impossible to get emotionally invested in. I know there are people out there who don't like the third act breakup in romances, but for me, it's usually my favorite part of the book. It's what I read romance for. It's about people falling apart, blowing up everything that matters to them, everything that they care for, and then finally at the end, they somehow find their way back to each other. That is why I love romance. I want to be sad, like really sad. I want to see these characters hit rock bottom and then somehow still find happiness. Like that is why I read romance. But with a book like this, with a book like Romantic Comedy, I can completely understand why people don't like third act breakups. Because if the author is just going to phone it in, then it's better to not have that at all. If this is the direction that the author wanted to go, then the book would have been much stronger if the second half had just been these two people being romantic and forging a beautiful relationship. The end. But... That's not what we got and that is why this book, Romantic Comedy, was a disappointing reading experience for me personally and why I did not find it to be worth the hype. Now, I'm going to recommend two books that I think are similar to what Romantic Comedy was trying to do, but these two books were books that I enjoyed reading. So, if you are interested in reading romantic comedy, but you're not after listening to my review, then I would recommend these two books instead. So, the first book that I'm going to recommend is not really a celebrity romance, but it is a book that is aiming to be a smart, witty, romantic comedy with social commentary and actual emotional depth. And that book is Honey and Spice by Bolu Babalola. It has got similar themes of fame and influence since a radio show is a big part of the story. But what I loved most about this book is the characters. The characters are amazing the atmosphere is great, and while it is funny, it also has some very touching emotional moments. It's also set among the Black students at a small English college, so there actually is some interesting social commentary that isn't just two white characters making references that are supposed to show how progressive and socially evolved they are. Honey and Spice also has a similarly close-knit social environment and the side characters do actually have some depth to them, which is always great. So, if you have not read Honey and Spice, then I would really recommend it. It is sweet and funny and a really rewarding reading experience, which is more than I can say for romantic comedy. If a celebrity romance is really what you want to read, Then I would also recommend Shipwrecked by Olivia Dade. So Shipwrecked follows Maria and Peter who hook up, but then they get casted as the co-leads in a brand new TV show that is filming on an island in the middle of nowhere. So they have to learn to get along. Again, it is really sweet and really funny and has some actually very emotional moments. There's great character development and conversations about like social awkwardness and isolation and learning to make friends as an adult, which can be really hard. And also, Maria has the best family. I loved getting to spend time with Maria's family. And it's also really sweet to see Peter coming out of his shell and making friends. And it's just I really enjoyed it, so those are my two recommendations. Honey and Spice for like a really good romantic comedy and Shipwrecked for a really good celebrity rom-com. So, overall, the first half of romantic comedy was really good. It was really original, it was so much fun, and the second half is just kind of unmemorable. Because of that, This book did not end up being worth the hype for me personally, but at the same time, to be fair, right, I can definitely see why it would be worth it for people who really love SNL or who maybe don't read romance all that often, and especially people who don't read celebrity romances all that often. So there we go. That is all of my thoughts on romantic comedy, which I know has been really popular this year and which has been getting a lot of mainstream attention, which romances don't usually do. So you might be surprised (laughs) after having said all of that, that I'm still going to rate this a staying up until 2am book because, okay, here's why. The first half is really engaging. It has a lot of momentum that keeps you moving through the second half because you're just so sure that something exciting is going to happen. It doesn't, but, you know, I would still say that it was a staying up until 2 a.m. book because I did just want to keep reading it. So congratulations. Alright, that is going to be everything for this week. Hopefully, if you were also considering getting on a month-long waiting list for this book, this review was helpful in making that decision. This has been the 2am Book Review Club. Thanks so much for joining me, and I'll be back next week at 2am. Until then, have a great week, and happy book travels!